Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of The Essential 11. Uh, today's episode, of course, brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Plaster. And I was super pumped to get this guest. Uh, I've been a fan of his podcast for uh, for a long time. He's actually got one of the top-ranked podcasts in the world. The man's name is Jordan Harbinger. And so Jordan's helped develop one of the, the leading self-development programs in the world with uh, his expertise in, in social capital, relationship building, authentic rapport. He's the host of the Jordan Harbinger Show, where he interviews leading entrepreneurs, celebrities, writers, uh, and experts about things like psychology, performance, life, and success. And so for all of his work in the field, uh, Forbes actually named Jordan one of the 50 best relationship builders in the world. Uh, Inc. Magazine recently called him the Charlie Rose of podcasting, and he's gotten to share his ideas everywhere, you know, as a, as a speaker and as a consultant. Uh, his work has been presented in Silicon Valley, you know, at places like Google, Apple, Twitter, um, and Square. You know, he's presented to various government branches and agencies, including all the branches of the military, Department of State, Department of Defense, uh, given talks on security, social engineering, psychology to Black Hat, DEF CON, Harvard Business School, advised private companies and law enforcement agencies on their security and communications. The dude is just, uh, he's an amazing human being, amazing individual. Uh, and I think you're really going to get a lot out of this conversation. It was really, uh, it was kind of neat. I could just kind of pose the questions and just sit back and listen, um, you know, and, and he just so much wisdom that he shared. So uh, with that said, here's Jordan Harbinger. How are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Man, you taking the time out of your day uh, is fantastic. You said this is getting down to the last 30 minutes here before things start to get tough. And I just appreciate you taking the time. I know you are a busy dude. So thank you for being on the Essential 11. It's a great thing. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Really. Yes, sir. So we want to jump right in. We're going to, I know time's valuable and we're going to keep this under 30 minutes here. So um, we want to jump right into number one. So tell us who inspires you. So just one or two people you might consider uh, a mentor to yourself. Um, Ooh, that's hard. Cause I don't really like being inspired by somebody and having them as a mentor is like two different things. It's not the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's, go with men let's go with mentors. Who are, who are some mentors for you? I, I really don't have a ton of those people that are like general mentors, but sure. you know, I've got people that have taught me things about speaking, you know, I'll take like a 20 day public speaking course. So that person's definitely a mentor in that area, but I don't, right. I don't really have anybody who's like on this uh, elevated pedestal on a mountaintop in Greece, you know, that I'm like, this <laughs> is my mentor. I want to be just like them. Yeah. You know, I, I take elements from a lot of different people and I take skills from a lot of different people, but none of them are people that you would have heard of, you know, yeah. like I, I, I guess, you know, sure, I want to be funny like Will Smith, but is he a mentor of mine? Not really, you know? Right, right. No, that makes sense. So, well, and I like that you said public speaking too. So, I, I mean, I do 50 to 60 keynotes a year and have for, for the last five or six years, right? So, who, who do you like in the speaking world? Just, this is for my own personal curiosity. Michael Port is a really good speech teacher. Yes, he and it's, is. Because he's not just about, just so you know him, that's great. I'm glad yep. to hear that. Yep. He's not just like, here's how you talk and here's how you have a rich voice, which other speak speech teachers will do or the a lot of speech classes and coaches they'll be like uh i'll i've taken so many before i took michael port's class and they'll be like oh yeah we're going to teach you how to do great on stage and then you find out that you're the only person in the class that's not terrified of talking in front of a group yeah, right. and you're just like oh okay yeah, i came right. here to be like 
yep. awesome on stage. I wanted to, I came up here to be somebody when people hear you speak, they're like, that guy can friggin' speak. Not somebody who can make it through a meeting with 12 people watching without like barfing up my lunch, you know? Well and that's said, what, sir. that's yeah. what all these classes were like. So when I finally got to Michael and Amy Port's class, Amy's wife, yep. I was like, this is rad. You know, this is like, they are training performers here, not just people to go up and be like, and our quarterly earnings were uh, six points better than expected. Yes. Uh, okay, I got to run now because I'm going to wet myself. That yes. was what everybody else was like in all these other classes. <laughs> so it was good. Yeah. Uh, I'm some part of the Speak and Spill Mastermind group, you know, on, on Facebook and we got a few hundred speakers and that's what we do for for a job, for a living. And those are those are the go-to in our group where they go, okay, if anybody needs to work on some things and, and enhance their ability, you know, this is where we go. And this, that's the only, those are the only two that get recommended are Michael and Amy. So yeah, phenomenal individuals. I love that. Right. So talk about self-confidence real quick. And so if you just got a quick tip habit, they're just asking for any kind of tips or habits that you maintain for your own self-confidence. Any thoughts around that? Tips that I use to maintain my own self-confidence. Yes, you know, this sounds probably a little cheese, but I don't really care because it's the truth. I try to keep learning things. So I try to constantly... Yeah be learning new skills. So I'll study Mandarin Chinese, uh, which I've been doing for seven years, or I'll get, you know, a personal trainer in some area or a coach in some area where I'm learning speaking or I'm learning this or that and the other thing. And that's good because when you build skills, you build confidence in those specific areas, but you also build a generalized confidence in that you can learn anything. And that's been a habit of mine for a long time. Every time I went through since college, so probably for the last like 20 years, Every time I went through a breakup, I would try to learn a new one or two new skills because, like you know, you're done with a breakup and you're like, ugh, yuck. Right. You know, I feel like crap. Oh, did it not work out because of me? And then you're like, well, all right, let me make myself better. So you're making yourself better, which makes you deserve more of what you want out of life. But also after you've learned everything from skydiving to Italian cooking, and then you start doing all kinds of Mandarin Chinese and speaking yeah. from the stage, you realize, oh, I can pretty much learn anything. That's so exactly everything right. that I thought was off limits to me is probably just like a really good t coach or teacher away from me being able to do it. Yeah. Or a YouTube video. Yeah, dude. No, you're absolutely right. I love that. I think that's great. So do you still, when taking on that perspective, this flows right into that third question. Do you still have anything that you get anxiety around? Is there anything that does kind of like uh, get you a little shaky, a little questionable? Um, or do you really just look at it from like, look, I can, I can handle this. I can figure out a way to make this, make this happen. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I mean, there's probably some stuff that makes me, I, I mean, I don't want to like, I, I don't really enjoy playing sports now that I'm 40. Cause I'm like okay, yeah. really, I, I, not that I'm out of shape, but it's just now when I'm dribbling a ball down a court, I'm like, wow, this is, this is for sure ugly. And I look terrible and I feel really uncoordinated. <laughs> so I don't do that kind of thing anymore. Yeah. Um, but it's not like I don't leave the house and get exercise. I just choose not to do. It's so funny. Like all the stuff that I thought I was going to be awesome at for my whole life. I totally didn't, I didn't stay good at. And a lot of the stuff that I learned, of course, as an adult really surprised me. Like I thought, no, I didn't learn languages as a kid. Now I know, now I speak five languages, yeah. but now, man, you know, if I fall over, I'm like, Ooh, that really hurt. But when yeah, I was 17, 18, I could just like get slammed down by somebody else in a karate uh -oh. class. And I was like, I'm good. 
man, you know? I mean, we're just, we're over here just kind of laughing and cracking up, but, but I feel, I feel this as a fellow 40 year old, I literally feel exactly what you are saying right now. And your body's just, you're telling you like, Oh man, I got this covered. And then your body's like, Oh really? No, you don't. Cause you don't. And by the way, not only do you not have it covered right now, you're going to feel this for the next week and a half. Yeah. I totally get it, man. I love, I love that. So, so what, so what do you do physical discipline? So like just staying in shape now that you and I are both 40, I'm going to go ahead and put us in the same boat together. So what do we, what are you doing? Physical discipline, um, you know, kind of the importance of, of exercise and nutrition kind of in your in your day-to-day how does that look so i basically used to just eat whatever i wanted when i wanted that's probably yeah. no surprise for like everybody listening to the show yeah. but um now i'm much more conscious of like hey you know how much how many miles of walking is this cupcake or whatever um <laughs> i also have eating windows so i don't just like get up at seven eat a bunch of stuff and then have dinner at 9 p.m eat a bunch of stuff i try to keep it to eight to 10 hours. I know that it's supposed to be pretty tight, but I don't worry about it. Worry about it. I just try to be mindful of it. Like if I'm not hungry in the morning, I don't eat breakfast because I don't need to, you know? Um, and if I'm super late, it's 9 PM and I'm starving. I might have a little something, something, but, um, I don't have, I don't really have a set plan for that. Like, all right, I will, I will skip dinner. You know what I'm saying? So I, I try to be mindful of it without beating myself up because I know from my own perspective and experience that if I do start to feel really crappy about not sticking to something, rather than using that as motivation, I basically just go, well, then I'm just not going to make this rule for myself because I feel like crap every time I break it. Yeah, so you have to I, be really careful with that. Yeah, and you just end up going down the spiral of, well, I, just, I already messed up anyway, so I might right. as well you know, screw it now. Yeah, no, totally get that. So going to switch, going to switch it a little bit here. And, and, uh, for question number five, so, you know, I own Acton Academy Placer. And so we're this K through 12 professional development, you know, kind of, uh, entrepreneurial based school here in Northern California. And we've got uh, a number of locations around the world. In fact, you know, come fall, there's gonna be about 300 of us globally. And we're, we're complaining about education by trying to build something better. Right. And so a big part of what we do is we want to focus on math that matters. And, and, you know, kids are like, Oh, it's great that I, I knew trig in high school. And I did the stuff I've never used. Um, why didn't anybody tell me, you know, what a PL sheet was? Why didn't anybody tell me how to create a budget? Um, and so that's what we do. We want to, we want to bring those kind of real world skills. So if, you've got somebody who is, you know, 18, 19, 20, and they're just stepping out, they just graduated high school, stepping out into the real world. What's a piece of financial advice that you might give to that young person? This can literally be anything, but what is something that, you know, you wish you knew at that age? Oh, when I was in high school? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, or maybe even just stepping out. I, dude, yeah. I remember stepping out my first day on a college campus and I had like 43 people run at me and go, you're 18, you deserve your own credit card. And here, you know, and I was like, yes, you're right. I think I deserve all of these. And, you know, oh, yeah. and that can of course start the downward spiral. So, um, yeah, what would you say to that for somebody in that age group? I would say, well, yeah, you're, that's that's pretty predatory. I definitely yes, learned sir. about credit cards and money before that, which is mm-hmm. great. But mm-hmm. it's funny, you're right. There's so many people out there that are like, you need a credit card. You need a credit card. I'm like, Dude, I got credit cards. Oh, get away from me. Sharks, man. Um, yeah, it's actually campuses should not allow that. That is outright predatory. And yeah. it, you know, it's funny and ironic is I bet you it costs campuses more money because all, there's so many kids who waste a ton of money and they're like, I can't pay my tuition. And they're like, dang, probably Dude. shouldn't have let seven thousand banks with 20% APR attack all of our kids during orientation. Exactly. And yeah. wreck them from the get go. And maybe that's why, you know, by 2023, I think it's projected 50% of all the $1.6 trillion of college debt is, is projected to go unpaid. Yeah, that's a good point. 
Yeah. So I, I think for me, the I always talk about dig the well before you get thirsty. And that means create and maintain networks and relationships. The problem is when you're in college, you think I'm never going to be thirsty. I'm going to get after it. But then I also, I think when I was in college, I thought, oh, networking is like something you do when you're older. I don't need to network. I just need to work hard, learn stuff. That's totally not true. Yeah. The best jobs, the best opportunities go to the best networked people. So it's funny because on the one hand, all these college and this, the people who work at universities are just as guilty of this because they'll be like, well, you know, it's all about uh, who you know, not what you know, and that's terrible, right? And then it's like, wait a minute, you're telling me it's all about who you know, not what you know, and you're throwing some stank on it, but then you're not training us to actually build that skill set. Build that network, right? Right. So it's totally ridiculous. It's right. kind of like saying, you know, this gravity <laughs> thing is a massive pain in the butt. We're just going to ignore it. It's just a huge hassle. Just forget about it. You know, so it's like, true. well, wait a second. So then the only people who learn this lesson are people whose parents teach it to them or people who are, I guess, bad learners or naturally <laughs> and don't listen to people or yeah. they're people who learn it from some other place. And then you graduate from college and you're like, so um, how do we get jobs? And they're like, we don't care. Here's your degree, bro. Bye. Don't yep. forget to pay your loans. Don't forget to and pay it's like, stuff. Yeah. And, and it's shocking because I'm like, you guys are so dense. If you taught us for, if there was one class on how to build and maintain relationships that wasn't taught by like some dude in a sweater vest at the YMCA that has no <laughs> idea how to build a network because he works at the freaking YMCA Why? and teaches networking classes. <laughs> like this should be taught by professionals. It should be absolutely mandatory and the importance of it should be absolutely hammered into your face. But it's not. Here's a bunch of history about Roman aqueducts, though. Make sure you ma make sure you memorize those skull sh shapes of Australopithecine pre-humans. That's going to come in handy. Oh my gosh! I, I think in terms of at least in terms of academia, and this is coming from again. I used to, you know, I worked at Stanford for a long time. I've been the public school teacher, public school administrator, private school teacher, private school administrator. I'm now, uh, you know, uh, the owner of a network of schools. So. I could not be more your spirit animal in that regard. I think that I think I think that was beautifully put, and that is, um, you know, that is networking 101 is the one of the main things we are working on here at Acton Academy Placer. Is just how many how many people can we get you connected to, get in front of, um, you know, at a young age, and and uh, who are going to act as your mentors? Who can you go work at? You know, do an internship, an apprenticeship. I mean, that is that is the key. People are clamoring. I remember talking to Seth Godin a long time ago, and he said, "Look, he said all the best jobs that are out there, nobody's." nobody's filling out an application and putting in their resume for all the best jobs that are out there. That's not how it's built. It's all through your network. Yep. Beautiful. Beautifully mm -hmm. said. Um, question number six, talking about hard work. And so, you know, in my work as a, as a speaker, I work with organizations around the world. And, and part of what I work with them on is, is not only understanding how to attract good young talent, the young people that are, you know, maybe fresh out of college and not only how to attract the good young talent, but how to develop them, how to continue to communicate with them and um, bring them to a place where they're providing value to the organization, you're providing value to them. So I um, mean, one of the things that I get from them a lot of times is, you know, they're saying, hey, these, these kids these days don't know how to work hard. And I think some of that's a generational thing. I think older people have always said that about the younger, but, um, you know, this concept of hard work can be hard to define too. And I think if you have time to try to define it, chances are maybe you're not doing it. But if somebody is coming to work for you and they are again, fresh out of fresh out of high school, maybe fresh out of college, somewhere in the 18 to 22 range, they're coming to work directly for you. What is it that you want to see from that young person? Yeah. You know what I want? First and foremost, I want to see conscientiousness. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, um, let me put it this way. I emailed someone recently who 
was recently let go of a job. And I said, hey, are you freelancing? And a week later, I followed up and said, hey, I'm following up. Are you freelancing? Yeah. And I, you know, I heard you left uh, the other job. And then I called a friend and I heard that they were indeed freelancing and doing something else. Three or I think, no, four weeks later, I got an email. I'm so sorry. I've just been slammed. Yes, I am freelancing and would appreciate any referrals you can give me. And I was oh, just man. like, delete. Yep. All Why done. would I ever refer you? You took a month to reply to my all email done. about you losing your job, you knucklehead. Why would I right. ever refer you to anybody? And so that type of conscientiousness is, or lack of conscientiousness is ridiculous. And I see it all the time. I will, there's a, I deal with publicists all the time for the mm -hmm. Jordan Harbinger show. And I'll get an email from somebody that's like, here's our book catalog for 2020. And I'll look through the books and I'll go, oh, this one looks good. This one looks good. That one looks good. So I'm emailing the publicists back and I don't get a response. And then I follow up and I don't get a response. And I'll send like 14 follow-ups because if it's a really good guest, I really want them. Sure. And I'll also reach out to the guest in their office and call them personally or get a hold of their team personally. And often the person's assistant will get back to me right away. And I'll be like, yeah, you know, here's the problem. I can't get a hold of you through the publisher. And I know you're probably going to refer me to the publisher. And they'll go, oh, that's weird. And I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, give me your email. Or, you know, if we're talking about phone. Or I'll say, hey, let me forward you the thread. And they'll be horrified to see that the publicist that's working through the book publisher that they're working with has ignored but opened like 13 emails oh, and goodness. hasn't responded. And they'll okay. go, this is very uh, enlightening. We are now very clear on why our media calendar is very slow to populate. Maybe we need to hire outside for an outside firm to handle this. And I'd be like, I would recommend that. And it's funny because the publicist is probably thinking, I don't know if I'm interested in this. I'm just going to answer it later. Or they're like, I want to go to brunch. I'm just going to delete this. But what they're not thinking is, this could come back to bite me in the ass. Absolutely. And you have to be really careful because that email you think you're deleting or that rude reply you're sending or that week you waited and you're going to just claim it was in your spam folder, I am tracking opens along with a lot of people in my position. I know that you're just being lazy. Yep. I can see you opened it three times from your phone and twice from your desk. You're reading it, you're just not organized enough or you only care about yourself. And the subtext is that. So unless you come back with, I'm really sorry, I had all of these very detailed and horrible problems uh, and therefore that's why I didn't get back to you. You like basically you better have a damn good excuse because yeah. otherwise I'm just thinking, wow, you, you really just don't have your shit together. You're yep. just not a good person that I would want representing me. It's going to be tough for me to get a hold of you. And uh, this other person who was freelancing, I mean, it was like, oh, I would love to come work for you. And I'm just thinking you're the absolute last person I would ever want in my office. For sure. This is oh. before you have my money. Imagine you're getting a paycheck and it takes me two weeks to get a response from you. I would never, I would never want you you don't get anywhere near my business if you're like that. So all these little things that you think you're getting away with, you're not. Somebody is judging you by this. Yeah. And I don't want people to be hyper anxious about it, but if I email you and you don't reply within, I don't know, a few days, I assume that you didn't get it. But if I see that you've opened it or that it's been delivered, I just assume you can't, you don't have your shit together. Because I am a, you know, D-list internet quote unquote public figure hmm. and I get hundreds and hundreds of emails a day and I answer hmm. all of them. Now, am I spending seven hours answering email? No, but I'm routing things. People are in my inbox, my assistants in there. That's what you do when you need to find a way around this problem. Right. If you're a college grad and you've been out of college for two years, you're not getting that much email. You just don't have a process that keeps you organized. And we all know this 
And I would rather hire somebody who's a lot less qualified than you, but actually has their stuff together and seems organized. Um, I would much rather work with that person than a Harvard grad who can't get their shit together to reply to an email in less than 14 days. So good. So good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we talk with these kids all the time. It's everything is everything you are doing. Every, every small response, everything is building your personal yeah. brand, your reputation, um, you know, and, and how you do these little things is going it, to, that's, it is, it's taken as far as how you're going to do the big things and, and um, everybody's paying attention to those things. No, I think that was, I think that's a great piece of advice. So we're talking about the need for, for these young people to be disciplined around things like that. And that was, you gave a, a beautiful example there. Um, Question number seven is around discipline. So what is something you personally had to either develop discipline around that you didn't necessarily want to do it, but it was something that you needed to do as it was an ends to a means or, or a means to an end, I should say, or, or that you're working on now, um, that you're working on developing discipline around now that you don't necessarily love, you don't necessarily want to do it, but it's something you know you need to do to get a result that you're after. Yeah, well, it took me years to be able to work from home. And I think this is important to know because I, a lot of people, they don't have a routine and they don't plan their day out in advance. That was the key was m keeping a calendar and, yeah. and maintaining it and like scheduling an 8 a.m. phone call to make sure you get your ass out of bed. And a lot of people can't do that. And I, I get it. If you're 25 and you're like 9 a.m. is when I'm functional or 10 a.m. is when I'm functional, but I'll work till 9 p.m. Fine. That's your biological right. clock. Yeah. I'm not telling you to get up early. I think that, that the, the sort of get up early morning routine Olympics are, is just kind of bullshit. It's a thing that people write in <laughs> self-help books and it's, it's just not good for night owls. There's biology behind this. There's science behind this. You don't have to get up that early to do it. But if you're the kind of person that gets up and goes, oh, I don't know, what should I do today for my quote unquote business? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm going to make some coffee. Oh, uh, let's see what's on Instagram. I guess I should go to the gym. Let me procrastinate for a while. All right, I'm at the gym. Oh, it's lunchtime. And then you start working around two and then at four, your friends are like, happy hour. And so you bounce. <laughs> you're not going to get anything done and it's That's your fault. exactly right. You have to come up with systems. And so if your system is the most important thing in your day, which is a phone call or a meeting and you're scheduling it early so that you get your butt out of bed and then you haul ass to the gym because you've got something that's an hour and a half after that and you're going to lose your slot at the gym unless you go right the frick now, you need to use your own psychology against you and create these tiny habits and schedule things in advance. Show me somebody that has an empty calendar that just remembers their appointments or knows what they have to do that day and I'll show you somebody who gets absolutely nothing done. It could not have put it any better. That's absolutely the case. I love that. So I know we're coming up. I know we got five or six minutes left. So we got about three, three or four questions here. So number eight is my favorite that they came up with. It is a piece of common knowledge. Everybody knows this. And this can be something that's industry-wide. It can be something that's just kind of a euphemism in our culture in general. But man, Jordan, Harbinger, everybody knows this is true. And you go, mm, yeah, I disagree. So a piece of common knowledge that you think is absolutely wrong. And so just as an example, you know, I use this all the time. I the common knowledge, everybody needs to go to college. You have to go to college to be successful. I think it's actually reversed. I think the majority of people probably should not go. Um, it doesn't make sense for the most people. So that's kind of an example of what we're talking about. Sure, yeah. I, I think for me, it's it's that whole advice of follow your passion. It's, it's terrible advice. Yep. It's universally wrong, in yep. fact. Um, unless you're an artist that is a trust fund, you should absolutely <laughs> not follow your passion. Um, 
In fact, most people don't even know what they're passionate about. They'll say something like, I just want to design a clothing line. And I'm like, oh, so you want to manage a supply chain and do marketing and sales and and hire retail employees? And they're like, no, 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 I I just want to design a clothing line. And I'm like, no, 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 let me stop you right there. You want to take photos with models on Instagram wearing stuff that you designed. That's all you want to do. You don't want to market, sell, design, and manufacture clothing. You want to have people tell you how rad you look on Instagram. So you want to be an Instagrammer. You don't want to design clothing. And that's nobody will admit this to themselves because it sounds dumb, but that's really what a lot of these people want. If you want to design a clothing line, cool. First step, get a job in a clothing company that is in manufacturing and or supply chain. Because mm-hmm. that's always the, the bottleneck of clothing. Then figure out how you do retail purchasing and, and selling. So be the person who meets with the buyers for, I don't know, Nordstrom and gets clothing into from your clients into their stores. Those are the contacts and experiences you'll need. You don't need, we don't need somebody who does dope screen prints on tees, bro. We don't, we're done with that. There's a lot of that. You are not unique. You're not special in that area. You might have an awesome talent for that. Cool. Make it a hobby. Don't follow your passion and try to start a business doing that. Get experience first. You can follow things that you are passionate about but generally you need actual skills in order to make those successful. And if it's like, oh, well, I heard Mark Cuban say it once, and I don't think he would ever say this, but maybe he has, fine, but you're not Mark Cuban. There's There's something called survivor bias. And what it means is a lot of these people that say follow your passion, one, that's not how they got there. They have no clue how they got there, or it was something that was so unsexy that they don't talk about it during commencement speeches because they don't say, well, you know, I was an insomniac, so I stayed up all night well, sewing clothes with my elderly grandma, and that's where I learned these skills. And then, <laughs> you know, I had a yeah. cocaine problem, so I got Adderall, up and yeah, all day. Say. Yeah, Adderall, yeah. And then I sold clothes all day outside because I was broke and I was getting evicted. Uh, and <laughs> did it, like they don't say that. They yeah. say, oh, I just followed my passion and I just stayed out and sold all these clothes and da-da-da, look at my origin story. That's how that works for them. So survivor bias, we hear from those people. We don't hear from the people who followed their passion all the way into their mother's basement because they don't have a microphone in front of their face. They work at The Gap or they work at Equinox Folding Towels or they're unemployed. And so we don't listen to their advice because nobody's asking them for their advice because they are not successful. Uh, and, and again, no hate on people folding towels at Equinox and doing sure. the hustle. I don't mean that. I just mean we're not looking at them and going, geez, tell me your secrets to life. Yeah, you know, me, we're, we're looking origin story. Right. We're looking yeah. at billionaires who are like, oh, God, I got to give a keynote. Uh, follow your dreams or something. Everybody's yeah. going to clap when I say that. Okay, yeah, let's write that in there. <laughs> oh, you know? God. So, so it's, it's crap advice. Um, there's no reason to follow your passion. You should bring passion with you in whatever job you get and get really good at that. And nobody says you can't have a hobby and nobody says you can't monetize your hobby, but you shouldn't be like, I'm going to be a clothing designer. Fine. If you're going to do that, go get the worst jobs in that whole niche and get really good at those because you're going to have to do that if you're going to be successful doing all the other stuff. Gosh, so good. So good. I loved you before. I think I love you even more now. Uh, So coming up on the last couple here, what is something that you suck at uh let's see patience i'm not very patient yeah <laughs> that seems to be a common one from from a lot of our guests i'm with you on that too and then uh if you had kind of a final piece of wisdom saying hey the most important thing young person 13 to 22 somewhere here in america the most important thing that you can take away if you hear one thing i say in this it would be what would be they? if you hear one thing i say yes sir Dig the well before you get thirsty. Start networking now and maintain those relationships now because you can't make up for lost time 
when it comes to building relationships. And if you try to build relationships when you need them, you're just that guy or gal reaching out and being like, so I know we haven't talked in three years, but I need a job. And it's like, <laughs> don't care about you. Don't know. Yes, don't even sir. remember you. Yeah. No, oh, I think that is beautiful. And then question number 11, anybody else, any young people, 13 to 22 should be following, taking a look at whether they're following them on IG podcast, they should be listening to who do you, who do you like? Who else would you point them to? You know, uh, it's hard to say because there are so many interesting and good shows out there that I like that have nothing to do with helping people. Sure. <laughs> They're just funny. Yeah. Um, you know, huh? I'm not really totally sure. I, I think it depends on what skill set you're looking for, yeah. but there's a lot of stuff out there that's not going to really help you in your career. And I would say you probably don't need like more information. You need to actually start applying things. So I can't really point to anybody else. I have a course that's about networking that is totally free that I teach to the central intelligence agency and college students and lawyers. And I would say that's not a bad place to kind of kick things off and start. And it's a, it's called six minute networking and it's at jordanharbinger.com slash course. Six minute networking. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that's a, a infinitely valuable course. I think that is something we need to take on here at Acton Placer. And that is that is our 30. Where so where can we go to find out more about you? I think you're that listening course to a podcast. Great. Definitely yes. check out six minute networking at jordanharbinger.com slash course. Again, it's free. And listen to the Jordan Harbinger show because I'm always giving actionable advice on there. That's the whole point of the show. And you are indeed. And you have some phenomenal guests on there, some phenomenal conversations. So I, I said it before, I'll say it again. I loved you before we did this. I love you even more after. I think so much value. I appreciate everything that you are doing and, and all the good stuff that you're putting out there in the world and for taking the time to pour into these youth today, man. It means a lot. Thank you very much. Appreciate sure. the opportunity. All right. There you have it, folks. The Essential 11 with Mr. Jordan Harbinger. Hey, please don't forget uh, subscribe, share this podcast. And, uh, you know, as we're starting to gather sponsors, uh, you know, just remember all of that money goes back into the kids here in the Sacramento area. So please share, please review. Um, we would love to have you know, your, your five-star rating, but more, even more importantly, we'd love to have your review on here and, uh, just tell people about what's going on. So thank you all for your support and we will see you next time.